1: Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhaus along with you this weekend as we join you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. The Indians hosting the Mariners this weekend. Then the White Sox come in for a four game series. Nice extended homestand here for the Indians as they get going here in the month of May at home. A month that will see them play 18 games here at Progressive Field, their busiest whole month of the season. Coming up a little bit later on on this week's show, we will hear from Indians relief pitcher Tyler Clippard. Carlos Gonzalez will join us. He had a big night earlier this week down in Miami. And Carlos Santana had a milestone night for him last weekend in Houston. And we'll visit with Carlos and talk to him about career home run number 200. So a lot to get to. And we begin with the week in review. An off day Monday, and then the Indians open a brief two-game series in Miami On Tuesday night, it was Trevor Bauer against Sandy Alcantara, the pitching matchup, and Miami got to Bauer for a run in the first inning, giving them the early lead. But in the top half of the second, Carlos Santana
0: got that run right back. Alcantara's next pitch, swung on and hammered. Deep right field, away, back, gone to the second deck. Wow. Wow. We've got a tie game at one on a prodigious second-deck blast to right by Carlos Santana. That's his third home run of the year, and you can't hit it a whole lot harder unless you hit the roof.
1: Later on in the second inning, Jake Bowers added a sacrifice fly to give the Indians their first lead at 2-1. to one. But some sloppy defense from the Tribe in the bottom of the second allowed Miami to score twice and regain the lead at 3-2. But that lead didn't last
0: long. Francisco Lindor led off the third. Lindor swings, lines a base hit into right. 3-2 Marlins, there he goes. Pitches a strike, throw to second, head first slide, safe. So Francisco Lindor, first time he's taken off. Obviously the ankle and calf feel much better. And he has his first stolen base. And that's Frankie Lindor right there saying, you know what? I made a bad mistake on a throw that kept the inning going. I'm going to make up for it. That's how you make up for it. And you show your teammates that, okay, that mistake's on me. But the night's not over. And then it was Carlos Santana with another big base hit. El Contra's ready the pitch. A swing and a light drive, base hit center field tie game. Martine on his way to third and the Indians are back at it. Runners at the corners tied at three because Carlos Santana didn't get too big after a mammoth home run. He stayed true to himself and just smoked a base hit up the middle and he's knocked in two tonight 16 on the year and that's why he's off to the best start of his career. Next up, the biggest
1: hit on the night, and it belonged to outfielder Carlos Gonzalez. The
0: pitch, swung on, hit high, hit deep to right center field. This ball, gone! Carlos Gonzalez with a majestic three-run homer over the three ninety-two sign in right center. And the Indians' offense has come to life. And it sounds like progressive field way south. On the mound, another
1: double-digit strikeout performance from Trevor Bauer.
0: Now the windup. Now the 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Slow breaking ball. Ten strikeouts for Trevor Bauer. Two down here in the seventh. Tribe up six to four.
1: In the ninth, closer Brad Hand was on to try and stay perfect in the save
0: department. 7-4 to four Indians, two outs, ninth inning. The 0-2 pitch from Brad Hand. And Prado swings and drives one toward the gap in right center. Back and over to grab it is Martine. Ball game. Center fielder Leonis Martinez just glides to the gap in right center to grab the line drive out off the bat of Martine Prado. And the Indians have won the first game of this two-game series by a final score of 7-4. to four. Wednesday,
1: well, it was one of those days in a season that could not have gone any worse. The Indians lost the game 4-2, and they also lost Corey Kluber for an indefinite amount of time. Kluber was pitching in the fifth inning when he took a line drive off the bat of Brian Anderson off his right forearm. That's the pitching forearm, and after the game, the Indians announced that he had a non-displaced fracture of that fo- uh, forearm. And uh, that meant some time on the disabled list for sure. And before the game on Friday, Terry Francona joined Hammy with an update regarding the injury to Kluber.
0: We know it's a broken forearm, basically. Terry, what can you tell us beyond that?
2: Well, okay, we, we know it's it's non-displaced, which is a good thing as far as brace go. So no surgery, is that what that means, Tito? Yeah, well, and that's why he's in a, a cast, and he'll be in a cast for three weeks, and the first week is really important to keep that thing, because you don't want to turn something that doesn't require surgery into something that does require. So the first week, he really has to Take care of that to the point where we don't want him in the dugout, things like that. Don't want him getting jostled, you know, keeping it raised to get rid of the swelling, things like that. After the third week, and he'll get an x-ray every week just to see how it's going. After the third week is when hopefully the cast comes off, and then they can see how the healing has progressed, and then we go from there.
0: I'm assuming, though, it's a couple of months, isn't it, that he's out? You know, I,
2: I don't think we're we, we ready to put a time limit on anything. I think it's safe to assume, though, if a guy's in a cast for three weeks, <laughs> he's not going to be pitching in a game the next week. I mean, that's not, you know, that's just not logical. But, like I said, we keep it in shorter segments. That cast is going to stay on for at least three weeks. We'll see how the healing's going, and then we'll go from there.
0: Terry, what do you do now? in the absence of Clevenger and Kluber in your rotation, because you're kind of getting to that point now where you're playing every day. Yeah, we are. Our days off are are done for a while. So what
2: we're doing is, tonight's Bieber, tomorrow's Carrasco. Now, Sunday is going to be Cody Anderson. We move Trevor back a day to Monday. Then Tuesday will be Jeffrey Rodriguez. That way we separate Cody and Jeffrey because Cody's really not all that stretched out yet. So we and get Trevor in between so hopefully we can keep some semblance of order with our bullpen also
0: so we don't ruin that. Is it hard for guys, and I'm talking about your players, to not feel sorry for themselves and go, well, now we've lost Kluber on top of Clevenger. How in the world are we going to stay in this thing?
2: You know, that's a really interesting thing you brought up. One of the first things I tell our guys in spring training is our season is largely going to be defined by how we handle adversity. Well, here it comes, and we're going to actually talk about that today. After BP, we'll grab everybody for literally two or three minutes just to remind guys who we are, how we want to do things, and then if we do it together, and it's more important now than ever, that we'll figure it out together.
1: And that led us into Friday night's game, which turned out to be a tremendous pitcher's duel between Shane Bieber and Yusei Kikuchi. The pitchers ruled the night as the Mariners did post a run with Jay Bruce, the former Indian, hitting a solo home run in the fourth inning to give Seattle the lead. The Indians got the run right back in the bottom of the fourth on Carlos Santana's double play ground out with a run scoring on the play, and that was it in terms of scoring for these teams for much of the night thanks in large part to Shane Bieber's big
0: night. Now the 2-2, and strike three called, locked him up with a fastball, and I'll tell you what, folks... This kid is special. Shane Bieber has struck out six, and everybody knows they've got to do a little bit more without a guy like Corey Kluber. And Shane Bieber's doing his part. And then the Indians would come up with the
1: game-winning run in walk-off style, bottom half of the ninth inning, with runners at first and second. Pinch hitter Tyler Naquin stepped in. Tyler Naquin,
0: two for fours a pinch hitter this year. The set. The pitch. A swing and a chopper in the hole and into right base hit. Martine will try to score. Bruce comes throwing to the plate. Not in time. Standing is Martine to cross home plate. And Naquin got one pitch and got his third pinch hit of the year. It's a game-winning pinch hit. RBI single to right by Tyler Naquin. And he'll take a pummeling down the right field line.
1: And after the game, we caught up with the pinch hit hero, Tyler Naquin.
0: Third pinch hit
1: of the season, this one a game winner. And Tyler, they say it's one of the toughest things to do in baseball, sit around all night
3: and come through. How do you do it? You just got to commit. It's like I told Dre, man, it's just something that you got to embrace. You know, maybe you're not starting that night, but, you know, it was like T always says, man, you got to be, you know, relentless. You got to be able to, you know, come up in situations. And you might, in the game of baseball, you might not always get it done. I could have hit a line drive right on the nose of the center fielder or anybody, but, you know, that one found a hole, and I'm just looking to barrel something up. Like the ball down, so, you know, took a swing on it. You're thinking about it before the inning even begins, or, or do you wait till guys start to get on and things develop? No, I mean, I'm thinking about it in the fifth. You know, you you can't really draw the situation up, but, you know, me, Freeman, you know, more off, everybody's up there getting ready. Um, Even Babo, you know, you might have to come in and, you know, do a swap out for Ploiecki as the pinch runner or something. So it's like we're all down there getting ready and everybody's playing a different part in their head about the role that they can play in the game. And uh, it's something you got to commit to and, you know, be honest with yourself, man. Hey, am I ready? You know, and I'm I'm strolling to the plate, walk up songs going on and stuff. And I felt confident and ready because I knew that, you know, we were all preparing the right way. And is this just baseball? The the low of the other night with your star pitcher getting hurt, a, a loss in Miami, and then tonight a nice walk off win. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know Rosie as well as anybody. The game of baseball, man, it, it could you could, you're never as good as you think you are, never as bad as you think you are, and it's just it's exciting any any time a walk off. You know, it's exciting whenever you personally get to do it, but uh, also whenever a teammate gets to do it, and it's also a good a good atmosphere for a, a walk off anytime. I think there's some guys in the clubhouse waiting on you. Thanks, yeah, Tyler. Thanks, Rosie. So a positive start to the
1: new homestand for the Indians and certainly an interesting stretch as they try and get through without two of their top starting pitchers, Mike Clevenger and Corey Kluber, for an extended period of time. Stay tuned. When we return, we'll hear from Carlos Santana. The Indians' first baseman hit a milestone home run on the last road trip, and we'll talk to him about it as we continue a Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians radio network. The 1-1 from Miley. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball. This is hit to deep right. Way back there. Home run, Santana. And the Tribe takes a 1-0 lead. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland, where the Indians are hosting the Mariners this weekend. If you're tuned to this show on Saturday, the Indians and Mariners play at 4:10 Saturday afternoon, one on Sunday afternoon, and the forecast calls for plenty of sunshine on Sunday, so come on out to the ballpark, take advantage of that on Sunday afternoon. Then the White Sox are in town Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday nights, and Thursday afternoon to wrap up the homestand. On the last road trip, a milestone home run for Indians first baseman Carlos Santana as he hit home run number 200 in the Indians game at Houston on Sunday night. We had a chance to catch up with Santana after the home run and talk to him about what number 200 meant to him.
4: Excited, excited. You know, it's it's a, it's a great game for me, and I know we lost, uh, but I was excited making making um, a Michael Reed the 200 home run, and happy and proud for that. So, you know, happy, and I almost cry for so happy and. And happy and making to my uniform to Cleveland. Uh, I mean, he's great. You mentioned
1: being able to do it with the Indians this time a year ago—that that probably wasn't on anybody's radar. But for you to be able to do it as a Cleveland Indian, how special is that?
4: Special, great. You know, um, the thing is like 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 a family. You know, everybody like with the same pace, um, happy. Uh, I mean, he's. Me and my family, they so happy, and I go back play to the Cleveland Indians.
1: You break into this league about a decade ago, and I think everyone has aspirations on what their career could be.
4: Do you have any
1: idea when you first get started in the major leagues that, that you could have the type of career where you could hit 200 home runs?
4: Yeah, it's, I mean, he's a tough, you know, and I remember when making to the first, first home run in the league. And, and and looking now, I'm making two hundred so I mean and I'm I'm proud. I'm proud and and I'm telling God thank you for giving me opportunity every day and and, and play baseball and represent to organization to the Cleveland Indians.
1: You do it in a year where you've gone up the middle into the opposite field more so than, than we have seen in your career, and, and your home run comes to the opposite field. Uh, what does that say about your approach and, and trying to stay with that as you continue this season?
4: I mean, um, not try to pull. This is my little effect for that a like couple years ago. Like this year, uh, I tried to make a good contact. Uh, every bad and, and, and not try too much, especially what I had to men and base, uh, and you know, and I working hard, you know, this this off season. So, I mean, I not change too much, but they only engage and try to think more up to up, or, up or to the field. Certainly a personal highlight, Sunday night.
1: Two hundred home runs, not easy. How many more are in there? Do you think? <laughs> How much longer can you
4: go and, and keep it rolling? You never know. So I don't know. Maybe I'm come to the two, two fifty now or three hundred. So you never know. I have like talent for for make that, and you know, and and my mentally uh, try to stay healthy. If he, I will stay healthy, I can, I can do that. So I can. The next stuff is 250, so we see. You never know, but we see. It was great to see 200 Sunday night. Thanks, Carlos. Thank you very much.
1: That's Carlos Santana putting together one of his finest seasons, whether it be with Cleveland or last year with Philadelphia. He certainly has had a nice start to 2019, returning to the Tribe after that one-year hiatus in Philly. Stay tuned. We have more to come after this timeout as we will hear from Indians outfielder Carlos Gonzalez and also relief pitcher Tyler Clippard. That's after this break on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, Jim Rosenhouse, rejoining you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And plenty of ways to hear our show each week. You can do so on the Indians radio network, on many of our radio network stations, uh, in and around the ball game on Saturday. Also, you can pick it up on Indians.com, all the archived editions there, and on Apple iTunes. You can pick up our show in podcast form. As uh, You can download it at the Cleveland Indians podcast section on Apple iTunes and listen to it whenever you like picking things up on our show we visited with carlos gonzalez earlier this night on tuesday night down in miami a three-run home run easily his biggest home run with his new team the cleveland indians and that came in front of quite a few friends and family including some special family as he explained why it was such a special night
5: well you know first of all having my family around it's always a so special uh, last time and saw my kids uh were right at, right when I left home to go to spring training, and you know it's been uh, over a month since I saw him last time. So yesterday was one of those special days when you have family around, and uh, you know you playing uh, you playing important games. I think for us uh, last night was a big game. You know, coming off to uh, two difficult losses in in uh, Houston, but. You know, that's baseball. There's still a lot of games ahead of us, so uh, it's always nice to get that first win and get things going.
1: And when you look at how things are going for you, uh, you've had some key hits since joining the ball club. Where where do you think you are in terms of where you'd like to be at the plate?
5: Well, I feel good, you know, uh, even when I don't get uh, hits or I don't get any results uh, at the end, you know, in the the box score. uh, You know, I I always try to pick the positive, you know, if if I have some good at-bats, if I feel good at the play, I think I'm, a, I'm in a good spot and the more that we play, the more comfortable we feel uh, right now. And, you know, I'm not trying to do anything special. I'm not trying to hit home runs. I'm just trying to have quality at-bats and, uh, you know, get on base for, for this ball club because I, I believe that, you know, every single guy that gets the opportunity to go in the lineup, you know, everybody's capable of, you know, carrying the team. So for me, uh, you know, I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to be a tough out, just uh, go out there and, and battle and, battle every at bat, and whatever it is, if it's, if it's a single, a walk, or or any extra base hit, it's always it's always a good sign
1: for me, and always obviously for the team. Cargo, when we when we first met you in spring training, I, I think you were confident that you'd be able to get up to speed pretty quickly. When the process played out, was it more difficult than you expected, or, or easier than you expected? How'd you see it?
5: Well, it's been easy because you know the organization has they've done a tremendous job, you know. Uh, the guys down in the minor leagues when i first came up you know, they all make sure that i you know i was getting the you know i was getting everything that i need to prepare myself to to get to you know to this high level so uh, obviously i want to say thanks to everyone who's been involved so far uh, all the coaches in the minor leagues the front office here and you know the all the coaches here in the big leagues you know they gave me the confidence i know it's uh, it's a little bit different than the past you know last year i signed late too but I was able to, you know, play with an organization that I played for the last 10 years. So uh, this, whole, this whole thing is being new for me, but everybody's making me feel comfortable and made me feel at home. And, uh, you know, I think uh, it's, been a, it's been a great process.
1: Obviously what you do on the field is important. Off the field though, I think there's some contributions there. And Francisco Lindor talked about it too, after the game last night, talking to each other, helping each other out. As someone who's new to a team, but a good veteran, how do you mix yourself into that and, and try and take on that role too?
5: I think it's a great fit because all these guys here, uh, you know, this this is already a great uh, a great team. You know, a great great organization. Uh, the younger guys that are in the roster right now, they're willing to listen and they're willing to uh, share information. So uh, it's always nice to you know, to contribute, not just uh, getting hits or making plays. It's always nice to help your teammates and, and pull for each other because that's the only way you're going to win championships. And uh, I believe that this team is, uh, is, is built for, for special things like that. So, but like I say, you know, there's still, there's still plenty and a lot of games in front of us. So uh, we're trying to take it day by day and, uh, you know, trying, trying to take the you know advantage of every opportunity we have in front of us, trying to win ball games and, and put, a, put ourselves in a good position to win.
1: Well, certainly you helped in that regard last night. Enjoy the time uh, close to family here in Florida. Thanks a lot for coming by. My pleasure. Thank you. That's Carlos Gonzalez, who certainly has been a a real nice influence on some of the younger players on this ball club in the early season and uh, starting to get it going at the plate as well. Another veteran has joined the ball club. That's Tyler Clippard. Helping that Indians bullpen, and uh, we'll see what Clippard has left in the tank here as uh, he heads deeper into his career at the age of 34. Had an injury issue for the first time in his career in spring training, so started the season late. And uh, when we caught up with him earlier this week, he says he wished he could have started the season earlier, but now feels good and it's great to be back out on the mound.
6: I am, yeah. I've I've been real excited uh, over the uh, the course of you know this past offseason. And even towards the end of last year, uh, some adjustments that I made from, from a pitching standpoint that really uh, I think are gonna be super beneficial for me moving forward. And, and, it, and it really showed early on in spring training, unfortunately I had the little setback, but uh, everything's kind of picked up where I left off there. Um, you know, the, the swings that I'm getting, the, the results, uh, everything's kind of in line with uh, what I'm envisioning out there on the mound, which is very important.
1: You mentioned making changes and
6: you're at a stage of your
1: career where you probably could get set in your ways if you wanted to because you've had good success what makes you want to try and adjust some things as you get older in your career
6: well you know it's it's this game is an evolution you know and if you if you just stick to maybe something that you've you've always done and and think that that's going to work over and over and over again I think the core of who I am is still the same but but I think there's always room for improvement for every player, and uh, and that's basically what I've tried to do throughout my whole career is is correct some things that I felt like I was weak weak on, and um, and, and and do that and, and do the best I can with with staying within who I am as a pitcher, uh, but also improving the things that I think I can improve on.
1: And everybody has different people they lean on, different ways to go about it. What are you doing in this particular offseason to to get ready and to make some adjustments?
6: Well, I mean, it, it's it's just a, a the body of work throughout my whole career and and kind of analyzing and breaking down, you know, s- the certain successes, the certain failures that I've had and and realizing what I needed to do to to kind of ju- justify or rectify those 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 things. And I've been an extreme flyball pitcher for most of my career, so if I could just, you know, I'm still going to be a flyball pitcher and I recognize that, but if I could just get the ball on the ground maybe 10 to 15 percent more. I think uh, you know I could I could take a full run off my ERA and, and obviously help the team that I'm on uh, that much more. And that was kind of the, the mindset I, that I had with with some of the adjustments that I've been making, in in you know trying to do that. And and um, funny enough, it's I think going to help my uh, uh, decrease my walks too because I'm in, I'm in the zone more. So uh, I think all those things are very good things. And uh, and so. We'll see how it plays out, but I, I feel good with how things are right now.
1: We're joined by Tribe reliever Tyler Clifford. So, Tyler, you, you're with a new team. You wanted to make that impression. You've had these adjustments first time in a long major league career. You're hurt. How did you deal with that? Maybe more mentally than physically.
6: Yeah, that's that's you're exactly right. I mean, it was it was the mental aspect of it more than anything, and and knowing that I put in uh, so much good work in the off season and not really knowing why the the injury took place was very frustrating but i think um you know as the weeks wore on i I had a better understanding of of why and 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 feel like i've made the adjustments and rectified it happening again so uh but that was the most frustrating part is knowing that i that i worked so hard to to be prepared and i pride myself on that and, and that was something i pride myself on throughout my whole career was never being hurt and um you know obviously we're all human so you know those things do happen but uh i'm i'm still ready to go still work hard and and you know the the, the hardest thing for me was being away from my family i had a uh, i had a newborn baby at home and and they were back in tampa and he couldn't fly out to arizona and me being hurt i think you know cost me a couple couple more weeks of not being able to see them so that was really tough too it was a lot of stuff but um, but it made me work hard uh, when I was down in Arizona so I think it, it, it maybe it was a beneficial thing also and as
1: someone new to the organization who signed late in the offseason it seemed like the manager pitching coach they, they really wanted you as part of this bullpen how does that help you when you're
6: trying to come back and going through some things the or yeah the organization has been great I mean Carl and Tito and and Mike and and just everybody in the organization, um, yeah, like you said, they, they they made me feel very welcome. They made it a point to tell me they wanted me here, and uh, and and nothing. There was no really hiccups. Everything was very fluid. We we got all the contract stuff, you know, worked out really quick, and everybody was on the same page, and and uh, that doesn't always happen. And and so I mean, I was just so fortunate for. For them to have the dialogue that they've had with me and, and and everybody be on the same page, it makes me feel very comfortable here, and uh, I couldn't ask for anything better. No, Tyler, thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Thank you.
1: That's Indians relief pitcher Tyler Clipper. Stay tuned. Our final segment of Tribe Talk comes your way next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Jim Rosenhouse back with you on Tribe Talk from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us this weekend. And we conclude our show this week with a tribe tale from Indian Senior Vice President Bob DiBiaseo.
0: It's time for another tribe tale with Bob DiBiaseo.
7: Joining me now on tribe tales is the leader. Of the Renaissance of the Cleveland Indians in the '90s. Catcher Sandy Alomar and Sandy, thanks for taking time out of your busy day to join us and just catch us up on where you're living in the off season and no grandchildren yet. No, no, no,
8: <laughs> no, so far. Uh, I uh, I was living in Chicago and then I moved to uh, Dallas uh, a couple of years ago and uh, you know pretty busy with the youngest one. She's playing uh, club volleyball and. Uh, beach volleyball so that's a great area to get into
7: that obviously you were a key component to uh, the renaissance of this franchise when that big trade maybe one of the best trades uh, in the history of the cleveland indians that hank peters made to bring you and carlos over from the san diego padres you're one of the guys that i always look to because you played at cleveland stadium and then you moved into this beautiful ballpark so just Overall, your general sense of that time uh, when you came to Cleveland, uh, playing at Cleveland Stadium and knowing that uh, something fun was in the future. Well,
8: uh, Bobby, when I got that call that I was traded to the Cleveland Indians, that was kind of like a blessing to get an opportunity to come to a Major League team that is going to give you a chance to play uh, in a position every single day. I came here, uh, my father said, hey, man, Cleveland, uh, they, they're looking to rebuild. It's a great opportunity for you to go out there and show your abilities. And sure enough, I came here playing in the All-Stadium. I my, my focus was always uh, do out there, do my best, and uh, help the organization do the best they could, be the best they could. And, man, this came out slowly, but uh,
7: it was built pretty well. One of the things that I always had most fun with with you guys is there was a couple occasions that we would uh, get you in a little bus and bring you over here when this place, uh, Progressive Field, was getting built, put hard hats on you and walk you guys around, and just to see your your eyes wide and the smiles on your faces, that was a p- pretty cool transformation for everybody involved in the organization.
8: Yeah, everybody was anxious to, to, play, to have an opportunity to play in the stadium, and like you say, I think I came here three or four times when I wasn't even supposed to come here. Uh, But the insight that we had to see our new home and the opportunity that we had to have a new beginning in the city of Cleveland and have these fans excited about the new season in 94 was tremendous. And I wanted wanted to see every stage. It's like building your own house. I wanted to see every stage of the stadium development.
7: 1990, remarkable year for you. (coughs) Rookie of the year, gold glove, all-star. It couldn't have flowed any more uh wonderfully for you recollect on the 1990 incredible campaign that was that was a funny year because
8: I, I came in i came in from san diego uh from you know uh couple of good years in triple a and then double a and I was uh felt like uh, we won two championships over there i came with a mentality to win I, I didn't know if we were rebuilding win i don't i didn't care i came in with a mentality to win and it was a funny year everything uh Fell into plays. I had a chance to play every day. I had great pitching staff to work with. The guys helped me tremendously. Uh, the players treated me with open arms. Uh, uh, McNamara did a great job with me and uh, protected me the whole time. and And ended up uh, having a, a fantastic year and able to chance to make the uh, the All Star game as a rookie and and win the Gold Glove. I couldn't ask for anything else. I know that I have uh, unfortunate injuries in 91, 92, and 93, but part I wish I would have been healthier during the beginning of that, but after that, I feel like I started getting better again.
7: Well, six-time All-Star, obviously a member of the Cleveland Indians Hall of Fame. There's one All-Star game that probably separates itself from all the others, and that was right here in 1997 at this ballpark and one of the great... Folks, you holding up the All Star Game MVP trophy in one arm and your son Marcus in the <laughs> other arm, man. That's one of the great moments, wasn't it? Yeah, that
8: was fantastic, man. That was uh, I mean, everybody was excited and anxious for the All Star Game here, being in Cleveland. You know, the stadium was freshly new, and uh, uh, the f- we were selling out every day. And the fact that uh, I have a chance to play in the All Star Game and have a chance to come in the game in a key situation to win it. And then maintaining the lead, which gave me the chance to win the MVP. I, I could never forget that. And then <laughs> I remember Marcus walking into the field, saying, that's my trophy. Give me He <laughs> was like like it was his I enjoyed. It was an awesome moment because Absolutely. he came down right away when the, we were doing an interview, he jumped right on my arm. Yeah. That was a special moment.
7: Absolutely. Um just try uh if you can to take eleven years with the Cleveland Indians a 20 year career spent 11 with the Cleveland Indians remarkable 20 years as a catcher that's that happens a lot Uh, your third all-time in games played in the history of the Cleveland Indians uh, behind uh, Jim Hegan and Steve Mm. O'Neill is uh, most games played as a catcher just try to recollect on the guys you played with and just uh, the renaissance of the city uh, and how all of that was just uh, through hard work, so much fun.
8: I'll tell you what, Bobby, I wish I could have given the city a little more. I wish we would, have, you know, haul in that championship at the World Series and and bring that trophy home, but I I wouldn't change anything that I did. The only thing that was, I would have, I would hope so that I would have been a little healthier and have uh all those games playing a little more, but I'll tell you what, I I don't want to change anything. Uh the people here in Cleveland treated me with so much respect and I, and the fans always welcomed me with open arms. Uh, when I came back as a coach, but when I was playing here, it's like a one big happy family. Uh, we the players were here for a long time, signed for multi-year deals, and, and we felt like we were a family, and the front office did a fantastic job putting all that together, and I couldn't ask for more uh, a better thrill to be a Cleveland Indians. Uh, to this day, right now that I'm coaching, I'll tell you right now that when they, when March Power called me to see if I want to be part of the staff, I say, <laughs> I couldn't even believe it. I like, <laughs> say, heck yeah, man, I'm I'm going to Cleveland. So I feel like this is my home. I would like to finish my coaching career here and hopefully, uh, you know, holding a World Series championship.
7: Well, I don't think we say it enough, but thank you for all that you've meant to the Cleveland Indians organization and on behalf of Tribe fans everywhere, we wish you and yours the very best. Well, thank you very much, Bobby. Same here. Sandy Alomar, Jr., our latest Tribe tale.
1: Thanks, Bobby D. Always great to have a Tribe tale to wrap up our show as we conclude it here from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Hope you can join us next week. The Indians back out on the road next weekend. They will be on the West Coast taking on the Oakland Athletics. I want to thank Brian Matze as always for putting together this week's show. Until next weekend, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network.
0: Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.